0: Hey everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. We've just been talking about over the last few weeks about just how to get a handle on and navigate through this life. And they certainly need your prayers, continual prayers. As many of you in this room already know, you know, the, the, the challenges that they're going to face, the opportunities that they're going to have, the experiences they're going to have together. But you you're, you know, man, they're going to need prayer. And and uh, I know it, it's benefited all of us as where we are at in our life today. Boy, we need that support and that encouragement and that prayer. And so that's really what this series has been about. It's just trying to get a handle on some things that are just work the way that they're supposed to work. Regardless of what our opinion is, regardless of what our belief system is, regardless of what somebody has told us, regardless of, you know, however many challenges we face, there's just things that work the way that they work. And so we want to try to get the proper handle on this. We want to get a a handle on how God has created things and designed things, just like there's physical laws there's spiritual laws that God has uh, given to us to to, to manage, and so uh, without a paddle, uh, we're in trouble. Uh, without a paddle, we're in trouble, and and so. Um, so I just want to, maybe you've been on, on a canoe trip I shared weeks ago. Uh, one of my uh, canoe trip experiences, I've been on a lot of, I don't know, sometimes that comes with the territory of, of being in ministry, youth ministry or, or, or young adult ministry. Uh, you plan trips and we plan canoe trips. And so I've been on many, many canoe trips and, and, uh, and probably, uh, you know, for the most part, positive, good experiences. Did have one bad uh, canoe trip experience where we completely lost the canoe underwater, um, got back to uh, the place, and the guy that runs the canoe place said, where's the other canoe? And I said, it's back in the river. And he said, can you help me get it? And I said, no, I've got to go. And so... Yeah, I know. I'm not proud of it. I'm just ex- expressing to you what, what what the conversation, how the conversation went down. Uh, but uh, it was because I, was, I had an angry uh, wife and an angry sister. And so when you have that combination, it's just best to leave. It's just best to get out of the situation. Uh, and so I'm sure when we got there, just like any other canoe trip, I'm sure when we got there, there was always canoe trip tips, canoe trip tips, and maybe Uh, You've been on a canoe trip before. Uh, There's always canoe trip tips, and and one is destination. You need to know where you're going, right? Before you start your your canoe journey, it's probably a good idea that you know where you're going. And so that's tip number one. Don't get in a canoe or a kayak unless you know where you're going okay that's that's I know I see you writing these things down right now you're like this is good stuff this is this is really good screenshot this like um, you're gonna need to make sure that you have the the proper gear uh, to go on a canoe trip you want to make sure that you're you're you, you know you, you have the gear that is, that is necessary it probably would be a good idea to have some life jackets right uh, we need to, we need some of those you, you need the paddles we've been talking for the last few weeks about without a paddle uh, so hopefully by now before you go on a canoe trip you realize that you do need a paddle right because without a paddle we, we drift away without a paddle we can't navigate through the water so we, we need the proper gear um, packing. Packing is important, right? So, you know, depending on what kind of canoe trip you go on, maybe you know you're going on a canoe trip where you're going out somewhere to camp. As I don't know if anybody has done that before, uh, done a canoe thing where you've gone out to somewhere and you spent some time camping. and So you want to make sure that you pack properly for that. Um, you know you, that you have what's what's necessary in order for you to ha- not have too much weight in the in the canoe or the kayak, but just enough to be able for you to be able to survive each each day. Or however long you're you're doing it and so and and the other thing that you they told us about was the paddling techniques right uh there's the there's the reverse stroke right there's a there's a way to do that there's a forward stroke reverse stroke uh there's a sweep stroke I don't I, I'm I've read these things on the internet so they must be true um there's lots of different uh, different types of of uh paddling techniques that you can do to to, to control your Your canoe or your kayak. And so there's all these instructions, right? And it's important, it's important that before you go out, it's important for you to get some instruction so that you have the best experience possible. This is always, always true. It's one thing to hear instructions and it's a completely other thing to actually follow the instructions, right? It's, It's a whole other thing. And so I had a A situation that happened to me this week, and that was that we uh, lost our air conditioning in our house. Uh, uh, One night, the the air—the air—I know—and it was like ninety out this week, right? Uh, No air conditioning in the house, and and so I'm thinking I don't know what I'm doing. But luckily, I know somebody uh that that does but but he and his family have moved to Oscoda so they live in Ascota, and so um I call him and I said hey listen my air can, my air is out I you know me I don't know what is happening I don't know what's going on and so he says all right well let's 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 figure this out I'm like figure this out I'm like are you gonna come down from Ascota and help me he goes no no I'm just gonna we'll just talk talk through it and so he just says send me send me some pictures he's like Send me a, pit, a picture of the capacitor," he he said. "Of oh, the capacitor," and the only thing that came to my mind was the flux capacitor like, yeah, from Back to the Future. No, okay. And so he's like, just he just said, send me the picture of the capacitor, capacitor. And so I'm like, okay, no problem. Like at this point, I'm still pretending like I know what he's talking about, right? And so I just started taking taking the the you know the, the the thing apart. You know, I don't even know the air unit deal outside that's outside of your house, whatever it's called. You're judging me. I know, and so I don't know anything. And so I, I start taking all that apart, you know, and I'm taking pictures. And he's like, "Send me the picture of the capacitor." I'm like, "I didn't." He goes, "No, you haven't taken. Take, he t- sent me the capacitor." I'm like, "Oh, okay." He's like, "Here, take take." And so, so some of the pictures he was able to send pictures back to say, you know, take this off, take this. Off. Oh, okay. Like, so I start taking this off and sending more pictures, and uh, he's like, uh, "Take a picture of the fuses." And I was like, okay. And then I started taking more pictures. He's like, when are you gonna take send me pictures of the fuses? I'm like, ah, you know, like, where are the fuses? Like, oh, on the wall, on the wall of the house, that's where the fuses are, all right? I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm like, there's a, other, a whole other box, right? And so I just took a picture of, like, the whole, my whole wall of my house with all the different boxes, and I said, just point at the one, or tell me the one that you want me to open up, and he's like, that's one, and so I opened it up and took out some fuses, he's like, all right, he goes, it's probably your capacitor, so you probably need a new capacitor. I'm like, well, which one is that again, you know, so he's like, all right, this this, this one, and and then he says, "All right, now you just need to go and pick up a couple fuses, pick up a couple capa- or pick up a capacitor, and and I'll send you." So I went, I went and got it, and uh, went to the place where he sent me. Picked up some fuses, picked up a capacitor, got back, put it all on, you know. And oh, by the way, he's like, "Make sure that you turn the breaker off before you do all this." And I was like. Okay, all right, so I went downstairs, and I'm looking at my breaker box, and I see 2, 4, this is just what my breaker box says, 2, 4, A, C, A, C. So I said, so I saw that there was a 2, but there wasn't a 4. So I said, well, it just must be 2. And so I just turned off 2. And every time I took out, I was trying to take out the fuses and the capacitor, I kept getting a shock. He's like, I told you to turn the breaker off. I'm like, I know. I thought I did. He goes, Oh, you probably don't have it where it's set up where you can just flip the, break, the breaker yourself. You're gonna have to pull out that yourself. So I'm like, Oh, you should have told me that like five minutes ago because I got shocked like 18 times trying to pull out the fuses and the capacitor. So I'm just doing this, oh, doing this. Uh, finally, I get it fit. You know, I finally I get it back, put it all together, and it worked. It worked, and yeah. I was so proud of myself. Like I thought, you ever like as a man, you're like I'm a man. Like I, I, I did a manly thing. I even went into my house and I said, "Honey, you, I'm a man." Like I, like you, you, you feel the air. You feel the air coming through the vent. Like all I did was just follow instructions from somebody that knew what they were talking about, right? And I, my wife thinks I'm the man because of it, right? And so that's always, that's always a benefit. So, so it's important, it's so important, so important to follow, follow instructions, follow life, life instructions specifically. So I want to talk about, just for a few minutes, I just want to talk about um, some important instructions for all of us, for all of us. And what I just, I call them just life trip tips, life trip tips, right? Instead of canoeing trip tips, we're just going to call them life Trip tips. What are some of those? What are some of those tips that are so important? Listen, you can, you can hear the instructions, even if you don't know what you're doing. There's there's these are helpful, helpful, helpful instructions as we try to navigate this life. This is this is gonna give us the handles that we need as we sort of navigate and steer our way through the challenges of this life. Life trip tips. Here's life trip tip number one. Pursue your purpose through his plans. Pursue your purpose through his plans. Okay, Jeremiah, you know this verse, right? Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for prosperity and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. You see, here's what God wants. Here's what's so so important for all, for all of us, for all of us. No matter how young you are, how old you are, this is. I think this is good. If you're, you know, a graduate, you know, graduate here, or you're a young person here in this room, I think it's so important to know that God has plans. For you, he's got the best plans, and he says, "I know that I have plans for you." Declares he's, "I I have them, I've got them, I've got them written out, I've got them, got them, you know, ready for you to to receive them if you if you want them." He says, "I I've got plans, and I'm not I'm not one to bring about hurt or pain or disaster in your life." He says, I "Oftentimes." That happens when we kind of do our own plan or do our own way or go our own path or try to navigate this life without, you know, paddles or handles on it. He says that that's what's going to bring about disaster. He goes, "What I have for you is I have goodness for you. I have prosperity for you. I have a life that is abundant, a life that is full for all of you." He says, I want to give you a future and a, and a hope, he says. I want to give you a future and a hope. So here's the tip. Here's the most important tip. Turn your plans over to him. Turn your plans over to say, God, God, listen. Listen, I, it's not going to be about me. It's not about my will. It's not about my agenda. It's not about what I think is best. God, I just, God, I'm just going to turn, I'm just going to turn my plans and to you i want god i want you to have my plans why is it why is it so helpful why is it so important i should say why is it so important that we let god dictate our plans instead of have our own plans why is that necessary plug your ears I told you there was going to be a portion of this message that was startling. I told you this, right? I gave, uh, there you go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, you say, what was that about? I planned that. I planned that. I knew that was coming. I wasn't startled by that. I wasn't caught off guard by that because I planned that. I knew that was happening. You know why it's so important? You know why it's so important to to say, God, these are your plans and not my plans? You know why it's so important? Because He knows the future. He knows the future. He knows what's coming. He knows what you're going to experience. He knows what you have ahead. And so important to have handles on the fact that, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust you because I I know, God, I know the plans. I know that you have plans for me. And God's going, I told you, I know the plans that I have for you. And it's the plans not, not to bring disaster to your life or hardship to your life, but I got plans to bring good into your life. Because why? Because he knows your future. He knows your future. And he's got hope for you. And so why would we try to hold on or dictate or determine what we think is best instead of just saying, God, I just trust you with my life. I trust you with my life. Solomon said it this way in Proverbs 16. He says, the plans of the heart belong to the person, but the answer of the tongue or the actions is from the Lord. In other words, we make plans in the heart, they, they, we have our plans, we have an agenda, we have things that we're going to do, we have ambitions that we have, we have the plans of the heart, they belong to the person, but ultimately, the answer or the actions are, are from the Lord. In other words, God is the one directing our, our path. He says He says in the next verse, he says in verse 2, all the ways of a person are clean as his own sight, but the Lord examines the motives. And so then he tells us this in verse three, he says this, he says, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. He says, hey, your, your actions, your works, your plans, give them to God, give them to God, give them to God, and then your plans will be established. Why is it so important? Tip number one, why is it so important? Because he knows our future. And here's what you and I have discovered over the last 16, 17 months. Here's what you and I have discovered. Plans change. Plans change. If anybody can all nod our head and agree that what has happened over the last few months, plans change. But you know what doesn't change? God doesn't change. God doesn't change. God doesn't change. There was a a swimmer uh, back in the early 80s uh, at his prime. Uh, His name was Rowdy Gaines. And uh, he got, in 1984 Olympics, I, I, I love the Olympics. I love the Summer Olympics specifically. I can't wait uh, for the Summer Olympics to start uh, this, this summer. And, uh, and I know the plans changed for the Olympics to where they are uh, now this year. Uh, they, they were supposed to be last summer. And so we just, this is just one small example of how plans change. Um, but they also changed for him, uh, though in 1984 he won three gold medals and, and broke uh, world records uh, that year. Um, he was at his best, though. In 1980, in 1980, um, he was it was the top of his uh, his game in, in, in swimming. And um, and that year, uh, the U.S. boycotted the Olympics. I don't know if maybe, maybe some of you remember uh, that they boycotted the Olympics, the Moscow Olympics in in 1980. It was devastating for Rowdy games, For Rowdy Gaines, that means he spent eight years, eight years preparing himself for the 1984 Olympics, though he so badly missed the opportunities that he was going to have and the gold medals that he probably would have won in, in the 1980s. But he didn't take that as, a, as an, a, you know, a way of just feeling bad for himself or or being disappointed and, and giving up and quitting, which is oftentimes what happens when our plans change. We get discouraged. We want to give up. We want to quit. But that didn't give him that excuse to do that. As a matter of fact, he spent years and years, eight years. What The way that he worded it was this. Here's what he said. He says, as I swam around the world for a race that lasted 49 seconds. He says, I swam around the world. He said, he's, I did so much work, put so much time, put so much effort. Even though the plans changed, he says, I, I used that opportunity to make myself better. I used that opportunity to bring out the best in myself. And he said, I, I listened to an interview that he said, he said, I learned more about myself. This is, these are his words. I learned more about myself in, in 1980 than I did in 1984. When I won three gold medals, I learned more about myself. You know what happens? We can learn more about ourselves during those times when, when our plans change. Boy, oh boy, being a pastor or being a leader or being somebody that leads people, if you lead people. Boy, have you noticed, how, you know, some ways people are or how people are during those times where life's plans change drastically. But let's. Use this opportunity to allow God to do something and to say, God, listen, plans change, but you don't, but you don't. And I'm putting my life, and I'm giving you my plans because you're the one that establishes them and you're the one that knows the future, not me. So I trust you with it. I trust you with it. Tip number two, tip number two. Put together your dreams, one piece at a time put together your dreams one piece at a time it, Matt Jesus's dream was this look at Jesus this was Jesus's dream he says this and I and I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. this was the this was the dream that Jesus had for for all of us he says listen he says I I'm gonna I'm gonna build my church and, and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell will will not overpower it. And 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 how that happened and how that happens today. And, and, and I know maybe you, you think, well, that you know the church is, is struggling or the church is, is in hardship or the church is failing or whatever you think or see or experiencing you know in and around your, your life, but listen. Jesus is still in the business of building his church. And Jesus is still in the business of allowing people in this world to recognize that there is a hope. And he, is, he realized that through all of us. And here he starts and he tells Peter, he tells this fisherman, this guy that was you know sort of an outcast in society, this guy that sort of always stuck his foot in his mouth every time that he talked, this guy that was you know waffled back and forth between doubt and faith. And he tells Peter, he says, hey, Peter, upon this rock, and Peter made the statement he basically said you are the Christ you are the Christ the son of the living god and he says upon that statement upon this rock i will build my church and i'm going to use people like peter who are you know uh, you know sometimes inconsistent in their faith i'm going to use somebody like peter who sometimes says things that they shouldn't say i'm going to use somebody like Peter, who, you know, who, who can constantly disappoint other people at a, at a, at a regular basis, he says, I'm going to use you, Peter, and, and I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. And later on, Peter finally gets it. He puts all of his faith and his trust in Jesus. He finally clicks for him, and, he, and he's courageously, boldly goes and proclaims the gospel of of Jesus to a world, no matter what the consequences were, no matter what the circumstances were around him, he was going to boldly proclaim the gospel. And Peter wrote this letter, his first letter that he wrote to a group, group of people that were struggling. And he said this, he says, you, you, and he's talking about you and me, he says, you also are as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He says, listen, Jesus' dream was to build a church and he started with people, people like Peter, John, and James, and, and Andrew, and, and so many others. He used these men and women to establish his church and he's now saying to all of us, hey, you're a piece of that. You're a part of that. Jesus' dream is to build a church, and you and I get to be a part or a piece of his kingdom. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? You have a role to play. You have a part to play. You are a living stone, he says. And we're building up, Jesus is building up a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices In other words, to do good and to love others the way that Jesus loved us. And those sacrifices are acceptable to God. They're acceptable to God. My son had a birthday, uh, he turned eight, and we got him something um, on Amazon that we thought was cool. We got him this thing. It was a solar robot creation kit. And um, so the illustration is, is that when you look at the box, or you can use Legos, for example, but we use this as an example because of we, we spent hours trying to put this thing together. And, uh, and, and so the, the, the dream is the picture on the box, right? This is the dream. This is the dream. But in order for you to get the dream of having your solar robot creation, you got to put it together one piece at a time. And so there they are, sort of sorted out. You can kind of just scroll through the uh, pictures, Neva, if you want, real quickly. But there's a, just, a, just a pieces all in the ground. But listen, this is that's the that's the image right here, though, right? All of us have a dream. You have you have a vision. You have goals that you want to achieve and accomplish. All of us have what we hope to be, you know, the, you know, a place in our, in our marriage or in our finances or in our careers that we want to attain or we want to get to. But here's what here's what you, you know. Here's what you already know. It's going to take it takes one piece at a time, one piece at a time. We already know, we've experienced life enough to know that it just doesn't happen overnight. To build a business, it just doesn't happen overnight. To improve your finances, it just doesn't happen overnight. To improve your health, it just doesn't happen overnight. It takes one thing at a time, you know, what, pay down one debt at a time. It takes you know, one you know, you know, relationship, you know, counseling or, or navigating you know, relationship t- principles at a time. It just, it just takes pieces at a time in order for you to build your dream. And here's what you need to know. Here's your tip. Here's your tip. It's less, it's less about accomplishing the dream and more about who you become in the process. You see, this is so important to God. This is, this is so, so helpful. It's less about accomplishing the dream. And for God, it's more about who you become in the process of it. Who are you becoming? While you're trying to, you have a goals and you have visions and you have dreams. All these things are good, positive things. But God says, listen, through that, through that, it's just who, who are you becoming through that? Who are you becoming? And God's dream for all of us, Jesus' dream was I'm going to build my church. And you, you, you are a living stone. You're a part of that dream. You're a part of it. You're a piece. So whatever dream you have, Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming, but know this, but know this. It takes one part at a time, one part at a time, one piece at a time. And know this, what's most important to God is not necessarily about you accomplishing your dream, but more about who are you becoming in the process of building that. Who are you becoming in that process? Tip number three, tip number three. Position yourself around the right people. Position yourself around the right people. I'm so glad I know I know a heating and cooling guy. All right. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I know all of you. I'm so I am so blessed to, to, to know and to and to have and to do life with every single person in this room and those of you that are watching from home. I am so grateful that you're a part and t- together in this journey together. Why? Because positioning yourself around the right people is so, so important. Gustav Eiffel, uh, back in 1889, had a dream or a vision to build this massive tower, nine, uh, uh, 984 feet high, which would have been the tallest structure in the world at that time. And so he got around people that would help him achieve his goals. He got around people that would help him get to where he wanted to and, and, and to accomplishing and experiencing this dream and that, that he had to building this tower. So he, he had conversations with multiple engineers and multiple carpenters and multiple construction workers to get them on board and to build this 984-piece tower, feet tower. It was over 18,000 pieces of wrought iron to put this tower together. Unbelievable. But here's what Eiffel knew. Here's what Gustav Eiffel knew. He knew that he couldn't do it alone. And he needed to have the right people around him. And there's a picture of it. You've seen it a million times. But in order for that to happen, and on the Eiffel Tower, if you ever go there, I've never been there, would love to see it one day, but if you go there, you'll see etched in the tower all the names of the people that contributed to that tower, all the people that played a part in the building and the construction of this amazing, amazing thing. And here's what he knew. I've got to have the right people. I've got to have the right people around me. And here's what you know. Here's what you know. You got to have the right people around you that will help you and encourage you and inspire you and motivate you and even, even I know this is hard to hear, even challenge you, even challenge you in areas. Why? Because you know that you want your friends and family to be the best and they want that for you as well. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way in 1 Corinthians 15. He says I affirm brothers and sisters by boasting in you. Paul loved people and Paul wanted to make sure he had the right people around him. He says I'm boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord that I die daily. You know what he's saying? He's saying I for for you, for you and for the right people around me, he says I'm I like I like almost come to near death every single day. He's every single day I wake up. Paul, the Apostle Paul saying, "I almost die. I almost die for the cause of, of Christ, but I do it because you're my brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I I fight and I claw and I strive and I you know and I I persevere and, and endure. Why? Because I, because you're my brothers and sisters. Because we're like we're like family." And I boast about you. I talk about you. I, I love, love what, you, what you offer. Why? Because it's so good to have the right people around you. And Paul was even saying, like, I'm even willing to die when, to have the right people around me. That's how important it is. And then he goes on to say this. Look, look what he says next. Do not be deceived. And we talked about last week how easy it is for us to be deceived. He's like, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals young people parents if you have young children you you know this bad company corrupts good morals who your kids hang out with who they spend time with who they' who their what their social life is that's gonna dictate and that's going to determine the path and the direction if their friends are doing it your kid is doing it don't be deceived don't be deceived bad company corrupts good morals have the right people around you. Some of us, some of us, we need to look at our friend or f- influence. And some of us, I know this sounds harsh, but some of us need to look at that and go, I, don't, I need to separate because you're moving me into a direction and you're steer, steering me into a way and you've took my paddle away. And I don't, I don't love the direction that, that you're taking me in. And we're so easily, couldn't so easily be deceived by bad company. So a good life tip, man, surround yourself, position yourself around good people, right? The right people, the right people. I mean, we see that all in scripture, don't we? Joshua, he hung out with Moses, right? Joshua hung out, hung out with Moses, Elisha hung out with Elijah, right? We see that, you know, Ruth hung out with her mother-in-law. And she benefited from that in the long run by doing that. We know that the Apostle Paul had people like Timothy around him, that Timothy wanted to hang out with the Apostle Paul. We know that, you know, John Mark hung out with, with Peter and that's why we have the Gospel of Mark, because Mark just spent a lot of time with Peter, and Mark wrote down everything that Peter told him. That's what the Gospel of Mark basically is. It's the information that he got from Peter. It's so important to be around the right people so that you can achieve and accomplish the, the goals and the dreams that God has for you. Sometimes it's joining along other people's dreams because, so that God can build your resume, so that God can build your influences a network of people it's so important but do not be deceived bad company corrupts good morals let me give you a fourth and the final life trip tip place your faith place your faith in the person of Jesus don't place your faith in me, or any other preacher or pastor. Don't place your faith in a parent or a grandparent who say they're Jesus followers, and they may be amazing Jesus followers. Don't be a Christian because you know another Christian. Be a Christian Because Jesus is personal to you. Place your faith in only the person of Jesus. If our faith is leaned into somebody like me or preacher or favorite podcast or a church, they're going to disappoint. I got news for you. I'm going to disappoint you. If your faith is hinged upon what I say or don't say on a Sunday morning, I'm going to fail you. I'm going to fail you. know, I say this all the time. I make for a terrible God. Terrible God. There's only one God. There's only one Lord. There's only one king, and his name is Jesus, and he's personal to you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He will never disappoint He will never let you down. He will never leave you, and He will never forsake you don't put your faith I know it feels like and maybe I'm in this world so I hear more of it but I got people you know lately wanting to have a conversation with me about how my faith is doing when it comes to the landscape of the Christian church and the Christian world and all of these different pastors are failing and all these different denominations are failing and they want to know how it's shaking my faith and I'm going if I put my faith in a church or a pastor or a denomination that's a house of cards my faith will fail but my faith is not in a place like that my faith is in the person of Jesus he's where my faith is at and he's always steady and he never lets me down he never will fail and he'll never do that for you place your faith in the person of Jesus isn't it isn't it better isn't it better to have something that's personal? You see, religion, Christianity, it's not a religion. It's not a check your box kind of thing. Where's my, where's my, my boy Anthony? Anthony, where, he? where are you at? Where are you at, Anthony? Grab Anthony behind you, Brent, will you? He's out there not listening. <laughs> Anthony, come here, man. Come here. So, this is, this is my, my boy Anthony. Anthony, come here, man. He's one of our grads, grads this year. How you doing, man? Thanks for thanks for hanging out. So, you know, Anthony, I got you this card, right? Yeah. I got you this card, and I got all all of you grads a card. Um, went out and did that. So, um, it just you know it just says congratulations on, and then there's a list of checks of which one applies to you. Mm-hmm. And so I just had to go through. And check which one. So I, I went, written down, I'm like, being born, no, that's long overdue. Losing a tooth, you did that at one point. Um, being awesome, so I did check that. I did that because you're awesome, I did check that. Uh, getting your license, do you have your license? Okay, so I, I'll wait to check that. So I, I ended up finding, I just checked two things, really. I just checked um, being awesome and graduating is what I, what I checked on, on the cart. So, here you go. No, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. How impersonal is that, right? You'd get a car and you're like, ah, you know, you'd read the car. Oh, that's sweet, that's nice. But isn't it better when it's personalized? Like, religion is like, religion is like, check the box, right? That's religion. Check a box, check a box, here you go, man, here's, here's religion here. I hope you enjoy the card. All I did was congrats on and I just checked the appropriate box for you. Like, and I did say you're awesome, which you're awesome most of the time. Yeah, yeah. But isn't it better when it's personal? So here's what I wrote to Anthony. Anthony, I'm so proud of you. I remember meeting a little high-strung elementary kid, but I've had the privilege of watching you grow up to be a kind, caring, responsible young man. We've done so much together. We've gone on retreats, we've gone on Cedar Points trips, and I've always wondered how you spent so much money on candy and sugary drinks. And we went to camps and we did Adventure Week together. Remember, you kept asking me if you could be a character in the skits, and I'd always tell you, no, 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 and then finally, that, finally, right, Mm -hmm. last time we had one, you were Iron Man in the Adventure Mm -hmm. Week. Yeah, you were so proud, and I was so proud. I was nervous, though, because I wasn't sure if you could remember your lines half the time. (laughs) we just had so many great memories. Uh, The sky is the limit for you. Keep looking to Jesus. He will always make your path straight. People may let you down, but God will never will. I believe in you, and I'm praying for you through wherever God leads you. Keep following Him. Love Pastor Chris in Marcus Street Church, and there's 50 bucks for you. There you go, buddy. Proud of you. Love you. Love you. Isn't personal just better? It's just better. Religion checks a box. Check a box. You're awesome. You graduated. Jesus, he's personal. He's personal. He knows you by name. He knows you and what you're going through. He knows what you're battling with. He knows where your triumphs are. He knows what you love. He knows you better than you know yourself. Personal is always better, and that's what Jesus has to offer to every single one of us. Place your faith, not in religion, but in the person of Jesus. He'll never let you down. Never let you down. Let's pray. Father, We're so proud of these grads that worked so hard to get to where they're at today. And God, we had the opportunity to to be in their lives for a period of time, and I pray, Lord, we still have that opportunity to influence in their life as they continue on to figure out how to get a handle on this life and to navigate in this world. I. Pray more most important of all, I, I pray God that they know that they can have a personal, personal relationship with you. Real and authentic. That church, faith is not just about checking a box. It's not just about do this or do don't do that. It's 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 about just being in relationship with you. And when Christians that we know let us down, Christians that we know fail us, our faith isn't placed in them or in that organization or in that institution. That our faith is placed in you, in you. And it's real and it's personal. I pray that we all put the right people around us. I pray that we know that you have a plan for our lives, that we submit. We surrender. We commit our, our plans, our works to you, and you're going to establish them. For you know the future. You know what's ahead, and we don't. So why wouldn't we trust you with them? And I just pray that we know that in the process of building whatever we, you want us to build or accomplish in this life, God, that we know that it's just one piece, one part at a time. And it's in that process that we experience the most benefit in growth. More than even accomplishing the dream or the vision, it's about who we become in the process of being built up. Thank you that we get to be a part of your dream, of a church that you said was going to overpower hell, death, and the grave. And we get to be a part of that. How amazing is that? We thank you for your love and kindness to all of us. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.